Welcome back to Lakes, Woods, and Irons with Chris Foley. Colin McDonald with you. 1380 KLIZ, the fan, and streaming at KLIZ.com. Also find us uh, on podcasts, wherever your podcasts are sold, <laughs> under Lakes, Woods, and Irons. Thanks in part to our sponsors, Whitefish Golf and Pequot Lakes, an experience that never disappoints, one of the area's premier 18-hole championship courses. Maury Seafood Markets in Baxter and Motley, the finest seafood, smoked fish, herring, and seafood and also SCR Northern, they're the guys and gals who answer the phones 24-7, the ones with Old Man Witter on the trucks. Chris Foley with me. Chris, uh, good to talk to you again. Thank you, Mac. I had a little trek uh, while uh, since we've talked out to uh, uh, Washington and a little uh, quick visit into western Montana, my, my home course, uh, the Cabinet View Country Club in uh, Libby, Montana, which is... Uh, a little, a little slice of paradise like so many golf courses are, but that one's kind of nestled up in the Cabinet Mountains, which isn't all bad for, uh, for views and, uh, and memories for me. It's got to be spectacular. Anytime you get to go back to your, uh, your home course or where you grew up playing, that's always pretty special. Yeah, missed about a 10-foot birdie putt on the first hole. I was feeling pretty good right from the start. So, <laughs> Always a good way to start. Yeah, absolutely. Regulate, and I mean, I would have liked to make the putt, but still, you're you're pretty happy. I, I uh, got a got a card from the pro out there and said, uh, Chris and I are going to call you one of these days, and we're going to have you as a guest on the uh, Lakes Woods and Iron. So he's he's fine with that. I think it'd be fun, a little home course action. Uh, that'd be great, absolutely. Then played uh, Mount Sy and uh, outside of uh, Bellevue, Washington, and. Uh, had had some pretty good rounds there. I was, you know, you get relaxed and you're with a friend or uh, on your home course, and all of a sudden you uh, don't worry about the game so much, and it turns out pretty good. Well, it's uh, yeah when you can when you can get away and get away from from work and and email and text and just kind of enjoy your. Uh, it's all about who you're playing with. It's uh, makes the game even better. On the PGA Tour, that's that's how uh, Tom Kim must have felt about this course last week. He he uh, fires a, it's, I think he's 20 years old, fires a uh, 61 coming in uh, and uh, finishes off the field and wins. I, I think he had 20, 27 on the front nine, did he? 27 on the front yeah. and uh, 34 on the back. That's, blew, uh, blew up to a 34. Quite. <laughs> yeah, quite around. He, he he goes par, birdie, 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 eagle, birdie, par, birdie, birdie. That's, uh, Twenty-seven was that's the record, pretty, I think. For that now. that's when you have a that's when you have it going. <laughs> yeah, yeah, uh, that's uh, pretty extraordinary. So another young yeah. guy, another young guy on the horizon, another twenty-year-old, and. Uh, uh, they're just uh, coming in droves. It seems the game gets better and better, doesn't it? Yeah, it sure does. It's uh, it's amazing the the depth of uh, of the players right now in the game is, is incredibly impressive. Live golf in the headlines again this week, Chris. Um, I, I guess we can just expect to see it there for a while. Uh, they don't have a tournament for a couple of weeks, and uh, they had three players that wanted to. Uh, that had already qualified for the FedEx Cup that uh, looked for an injunction to get the ability to play. And uh, the court uh, ruled 
against Liv and in favor of the PGA Tour, at least uh, temporarily here. Yeah, so they're, they're uh, Taylor Gooch and um, Hudson Swafford and um, Blanken on the third player are not going to be able to play in the FedEx Cup, even though they, they qualified. But, you know, part of the tour, tour rules, um, you know, rightfully so, and the, the, the judge ruled in favor of the PGA Tour that, uh, uh, you know, when, once they, they violated tour policy by going and playing, uh, you know, they're not eligible to participate in the FedEx Cup, which uh, is understandable. But it's just kind of the first of uh, of a lot more legalities we're going to hear about live, and it'll be interesting because the, the the next hearing on kind of the whole whole deal with live in the PJ Tour is until September of twenty three. So we've got a you know basically thirteen months before that happens, uh, and they're and they're believe it or not they're fast tracking it. Um, no kidding. To be, yeah, so you know, it's uh, it was interesting. I heard a couple of legal experts um, this morning talking about it, and said, you know, that it takes a long time the the fact finding in these type of cases and to gather all the evidence and those type of things. So um, we're uh, we're just at the start of this. I, I you know, it's I, I I just hate to see the divide in the game of golf. Right. That that we're that we're going through, and uh, the, you know the 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 good and the bad. Liv is definitely having some positive impact and changes on the PGA Tour. They're they're making some changes to some of the way they do things, and uh, you know, making it more attractive for the players. And I think we're going to see a bunch more things like that in the in the very near term. Uh, you just wish that. Um, Live and the PGA Tour could work together to be able to, you know, so it'd be the best of both worlds, but we'll, we'll, we'll see what happens. Yeah, I really would. I think we talked a little bit about it. I saw a good article by Ernie Els, though, where he had negotiated with the PGA Tour years ago to play in more world events. He and, uh, and Fred Couples, and uh, so I think there was a third player as well that they came to an agreement on, and instead of 25 tournaments it was 16 and you go play in these right. world tournaments and things like that so uh seems like there's plenty of golf for everybody uh hopefully they can they can get along i get the the money part of it but like you say um i mean the money the purses on the pga are have gone up almost immediately um the uh winners take and the overall purse in a couple of these tournaments are just like all of a sudden it's five million dollars more than it was so that's good for the players yeah, it's definitely good for the players. And, you know, I, I think one of the biggest contentions on the PGA Tour is that the guys who don't make the cut and don't get paid. And I think uh, uh, I was talking to a friend of mine who's kind of an insider today who has a very close knowledge with all the, the agents and the tour. And it sounds like, you know, they may, they may have a player pool in the very new, near future for players who don't make the cut. And, uh, you know, we, 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 we th- there's so much money on the PGA Tour and, you know, the, the top 20% are, you know, make a huge amount of money. But, you know, that bottom tier, it's uh, 
they're still making a living and a, and a nice living and something all of us would like to, you know, if, if you have an interest in playing professional golf, people would, would aspire to, but it's still, it's, uh, uh, it's, it's hard work and, um, you know, they're not, they're not making what the, the upper half is for sure. Yeah, and it's not always travel city to city in your jet like you are in the when you're in the top twenty percent. You're you're driving across the country sometimes for uh, well, quit on a Sunday and have to be there on a Tuesday. <laughs> kind of that drive all night thing a lot of times, and uh, and then to make perhaps make zero that week is, uh, is right is pretty tough. I mean, everybody adjusts to kind of the income they make, and when you when you get nothing and have put in quite a bit of expense, it's uh, yeah. Uh, maybe it's good for your taxes, but it's not good for your bank account. <laughs> no, I mean, uh, you know, I, I always get a kick out of uh, uh, people. So oh, it's a write-off, but well, you, you still have to got to make the money to to be able to write it off. Yeah, so, yeah. <laughs> uh, those 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 write-offs are only good if you're. If you're making enough money to cover your expenses, right? Exactly. If you if you got something to write it off of, <laughs> yeah, right. We got uh, Chuck Kletkatsky coming up with us from uh, Gravel Pit Golf. Uh, great new experience in the Brainerd Lakes area. So we'll talk with Chuck. That's coming up after this. You are listening to Lakes Woods and Irons on thirteen eighty KLIZ. Welcome back to Lakes Woods and Irons with Chris Foley. 1380 KLIZ, Colin McDonald with you. Also available at KLIZ.com. And find us on uh, your podcast, wherever you look for podcasts, Lakes, Woods, and Irons. Uh, brought to you in part by our sponsors, Dockside Rental, uh, Brainerd Lakes uh, go-to for surf, wakeboard, pontoon, and jet ski rental, and also gravel pit golf, Brainerd, Minnesota's newest golf experience. In fact, we have the uh, three C's, Chuck, Colin, and Chris, uh, for the show this week, uh, Chuck Kletkatsky's with us, and uh, Chris is with us. So, uh, how we doing, boys? It's great to, uh, great to talk great, to you guys man. again. <laughs> Chuck, you've been a busy man. Everybody is in the golf uh, business, but boy, this year kind of inaugural year at uh, Gravel Pit Golf. And uh, tell us a little bit about how it's going. But I understand you and uh, Chris's son were hanging out a little bit this last week. Yeah, Michael Foley was uh, the new uh, head professional at uh, Somerset Country Club, and he had been up to the gravel pit last week with some of his staff and invited me to come down, so we got to experience uh, Somerset again, which is such a wonderful uh, golf facility down in uh, West St. Paul. Uh, that's, that's great, Chuck. Chuck he, Michael just had a, a great time up here, and uh, he sure enjoyed seeing you down in, uh, in St. Paul. Yeah, it's pretty cool. They built that new uh, new golf shop there for him, so he's just getting that all outfitted. And uh, he was showing me the, the library that's going to be upstairs, so it's just a wonderful facility, and he's a, he's a good golf professional, a very very nice young man. Awfully proud of what he's done so far, and uh, just in, in life in general, but as, especially as a golf pro, so it's pretty cool. Chuck, it... Uh, uh, it just seems like uh, a few days ago we were talking about the opening of the gravel pit back in uh, <laughs> yeah. in, in late April, and here it is. We're uh, we're mid August already, and uh, I don't know where the time has gone, but uh, well, I'm sure hearing great reports about everybody who comes over and plays the gravel pit. Yeah, no, it's been uh, it's been great. People are out enjoying the facility, and um, you know we've been we've been busy without being overwhelmed, so it's. Uh, it's kind of fun to have people try out the 
the uh, the 13 hole par three course, but also the putting uh, the, the putting experience has been been really fun for groups. We've got that 13 hole natural grass putting course that people can do either before they play or after. Or some people do it both ways. So for for our listeners not familiar with the gravel pit, uh, give us kind of the the rundown of um, you know what what you have and everything that's uh, that's going on. All right, so yeah, out at the gravel pit, we've got a 13-hole par-3 golf course with holes ranging from 60 to 200 yards, and it's built out of a, an abandoned gravel pit, so it's uh, really kind of a cool property. It's got a lot of elevation changes, and you can see all the holes from the, from the clubhouse deck. So we've also got a nice, nice patio seating where people can hang out and uh, sit by the fireplace or have a beverage, and then we also have a 13-hole par-3, or a 13-hole putting course that's right next to the clubhouse. Groups can settle their bets, or young people have uh, been working on their game out here too. So it's kind of a, a, a unique facility right in the heart of the Brainerd Lakes area. I did have the, uh, uh, have some people just tell me, you know, that the the putting the putting deal they just were kind of out uh, that direction and saw that you've got the is it lights on the green shot? Is that what you have? Yes, sir. So it's lit. So if groups want to play after dark, we flip the lights on, and uh, it's uh, it's a great place to uh, to hang out in the evenings and. Um, we had a group of 11 gentlemen the other night that were uh, playing till about 11:30, doing a little uh, little wagering at the <laughs> little wagering at the gravel pit, of course. maybe imbibing in a beverage or two. Yeah, yeah. Night night putting with the daughter of the dean. Indeed, there is. So we got uh, <laughs> we got a drink stand on uh, drink stand on every tee box for the uh, putting course, so people don't have to bend over to pick up their beverage. They can just set it on the nice uh, nice drink stands, but. Yeah, it's a fun uh, it's a fun little thing out here. We're not uh, not real formal. We're all about people having fun and and the fellowship with their friends. And it's just something that uh, doesn't take a huge amount of time. The golf course plays in about two hours, um, and then a lot of people spend thirty to forty minutes on the putting course. And uh, you know, we've got a small snack bar menu and full full bar, and um, it's a fun uh, it's a fun place to hang out. Have you got uh, holes in one yet this year? You got to, you must have some, right? We do. Uh, the Acers Club at uh, the Gravel Pit has uh, 16 members as of uh, as of our, our broadcasting right now. We've had uh, a number of uh, number hole in ones in the last month, and uh, we give them a nice shot glass and a logo ball and put them out on Instagram and Facebook and stuff. But uh, we're still looking for more. Uh, there's a number of holes, like the first hole, for example. No one's made a hole in one on, so we'd love to have people come out and and try out the golf course and see if they can join the Acers Club. Yeah. Number one, the impossible green to miss, right? Yeah, can't miss, Colin, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, I took that as a challenge the last time that came up because I, I think I could. Yeah, right. <laughs> as, as we go into the fall here, um you have any events or anything coming up that uh, that people should know about? Yeah, we've got a, a couple different uh, groups are coming out here. Um, for events, but one of the biggest ones is we're working with uh, Ken Lacey and his team um, as part of the Lakes Jam thing. We're doing a benefit for the Country Music Association on September 24th. It's going to be a 2 o'clock shotgun out at the gravel pit, and we're going to have live music. We just built a new uh, a new deck on top of our deck, so there's, there's a, a deck that's 12 feet high above our patio where people can sit and overlook the whole golf course from even a better view, and we're going to have the band's play up there uh so it's going the band will start at one o'clock and then the two o'clock shotgun so during during play you'll be able to hear music throughout the whole 
facility. It's kind of like an amphitheater out here. So we're really looking forward to that. And um, we'll have details of that on Facebook uh, about the country music event on uh, September 24th. That'll be great. You've had some events out there with live music, and I hear they were really, really uh, a lot of fun, Chuck. Yeah, we just had one last night, uh, Friday the 12th. Uh, we had a bunch of people out having a good time, so we uh, do that every other Friday. Uh, we'll probably do that through uh, through the end of September. Any uh, holes that are standing out as people's favorites, Chuck? Or uh... well, it's been interesting because a lot of people, uh, a lot of people have uh, liked the the second hole is our longest hole. Um, and there's two water hazards that you sort of have to carry. And then our shortest hole, the sixth hole, is only a 65-yard shot, but it's kind of a straight up a hill. And so some people have said that's uh, memorable, but also maybe the most challenging swing on the golf course. So it's, uh, it's a good course there. There's a lot of variety for being a, a small facility. Um, most of the holes play a little, bit different, uh, a little bit different yardage or have different shaped greens or things like that. So Scott Hoffman, our designer from the Classic, or who did the Classic, um, you know, wanted to make sure that the greens were sort of part of the challenge. So once you get on them, you're uh, you're not quite done yet, as we say. <laughs> yeah, we had him on a, f- a month or so ago, and he was kind of saying the same thing. I think he's the one who said uh, the impossible to miss on on yep, number one. Miss. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's late summer, perfect golf weather, really, Chuck. The best the best months are ahead, and uh, Chris and I often talk about uh, late August, September. Uh, really the best time of year to golf in Minnesota and especially in our part of the country. No, it's the truth. Um, we're looking forward to hosting a number of golf packages that are coming up on the weekends. But, you know, we're open seven days a week. And the golf course, we've got golf carts for people to ride, but it's also very walkable. So we look forward to seeing some people out here in the, in the, uh, in the fall, you know, taking advantage of some of the little bit cooler temperatures. And another thing that's unique about the gravel pit is we really don't have any trees. So leaves will not be a problem. We can't uh, we can't fill in the water hazards in the fall, but uh, finding your, uh, <laughs> yeah. having leaves to lose your ball in will not be an issue at the uh, at the pit. Before we went on, uh, you, I mentioned Chuck. the uh, the 19th hole, and you uh, corrected me, Chuck. Yeah, we've actually since we're a 13 hole golf course, we call our clubhouse the 14th hole. So, <laughs> well, uh, good idea. We've got uh, you know we've got a nice uh, nice deck for people to relax on. We've got fire pits and. Uh, natural fire pits as well as propane uh, fireplaces so people can come out and uh, check out the view and and relax with their friends and maybe grab a bite to eat or a cocktail and just enjoy uh, enjoy the scenery here at the pit chuck you you, you mentioned golf packages and for our listeners from out of town uh you're doing a little uh golf package joint business with uh with the legacy and madden maddens i understand yeah, both uh, all of our neighbors have been real, real generous in in uh, helping us spread the word. Um, Leg- Legacy's got a couple packages where you can um, play golf at the the the, um, the Legacy courses, as well as play here at the Gravel Pit included with your package. And um, Grandview and Breezy Point and Madden's, everyone's been real, uh, real generous in helping us spread the word. So, yeah, we don't have any lodging here, but we uh, like to recommend our, our our neighboring golf resorts to. Stay over there and and come play here. And I, I I think at least from what I've seen the 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 resort will bring you over in their shuttle services so you don't have to worry about driving. Yeah, a lot of the a couple of different the resorts have been nice enough to yeah bring their guests over. They drop them off and uh, we show them a good time and then the guys come and pick them back up and get them home safe. So yeah, just talk to their uh, 
they're uh, resort planners and, and, you know, a lot of days they're able to, to do that transportation for groups as well. Chuck, I know we caught you in the middle of a work day. Sure appreciate you coming on. Give us the uh, the best way for folks to get out there and, and sample the, the pit. Yeah, so www.gravelpitgolf.com is the uh, easiest way to uh, book tee times. They're right online there. Otherwise, you can uh, uh, give us a call. Uh, the phone number is right on the website, and we'd love to talk to you and set up your group to come out and try out the gravel pit. Chuck, glad you could come on with us. Sure do appreciate it, and uh, good luck the rest of the way. And uh, we'll be out there. We keep promising that. I'm, I'm not quite sure where the first three months of summer have gone. but. <laughs> well, we appreciate you guys helping us spread the word, and uh, we'd love to, love to have you out to the gravel pit. Happy to do it, Chuck. Thanks, Others. Chuck. Chuck Kletkatsky, uh, uh, co-owner of the pit, Gravel Pit Golf. Do stop out. It's a unique experience and uh, uh, just a terrific place to play. You're listening to Lakes, Woods, and Irons on 1380 KLIZ. Welcome back to Lakes, Woods, and Irons with Chris Foley, Colin McDonald with you, 1380 KLIZ, the fan. Also find us on uh, at lakeswoodsandirons.com and uh, Podcast One as well, brought to you in part by Ernie's on Gull, the On Point Burger, great addition to Ernie's locally owned and globally loved. Also, uh, Holiday Stores in Cross Lake and Mill Avenue. Chris, very, very special guest. This is going to be fun. Yeah, really looking forward to our talk today. We've got uh, Charlie Meacham on. Charlie is, uh, has been involved in the world of golf a long time, and he is a, a lawyer by trade, but really uh, kind of got into the world of golf as the commissioner of the LPGA Tour and from 1990 to 1995, and really uh, more so than anybody else elevated the LPGA Tour to uh, what it is today. And uh, Charlie is a longtime friend of Jack Nicholas and Arnold Palmer and has just come out with a book, uh, Jack and Arnie, Stories of My Long Friendship with Two Remarkable Men. Charlie, welcome to the show. It's my pleasure. Nice to talk with you guys. And uh, I'm sitting about uh, oh, a, a short sand wedge from where Arnie's house used to be next to mine here at uh, the Tradition Club in uh, La Quinta. So... Uh, even though he's he's gone, uh, he's he's very much in my mind. Uh, I can't blame you there. I, as we talked off air, at, uh, the tradition is one of my. I spend a lot of time in the winter and in the desert, and it's uh, it's yeah. one of my favorite spots in the desert by far, and one of my favorite spots anywhere. So I'm I'm Arnie. Uh, Arnie always said he thought it was one of the best he'd done, and he he didn't say some architects say that. Every course is the best they've ever done. Uh, but I think uh, that, along with Otrali and a couple of others, he was really, uh, he was very proud of it. Yeah, I should be. And as well as Charlie, I just played there recently and loved it. But uh, Charlie, tell us, tell us about how you, uh, uh, how you became close with both Jack and Arnie. Uh, it's quite different. Um, my the company that I ran in Cincinnati for about 20-plus years, Taft Broadcasting Company, we were a pretty, pretty sizable entertainment conglomerate. And uh, we had some land north of Cincinnati that we had no use for. And one of my guys came to me one day and said, Charlie, we ought to build a golf course there. And I said, well, fine, how do we do that? And they said, well... Uh, first thing is to get a world-class architect, and in this case, uh, it's got to be Nicholas, who's an Ohio guy, and so all the uh, 
stars aligned, and Jack uh, built a public golf course, but a really good one. In fact, we hosted the PGA Tour for five years and the LPGA for 10 years. So Jack and I became very close, and over the years, we did a lot of things together. Probably most notably, we did uh, we uh, filmed and distributed uh, the Golf My Way video, which I still think is the best instructional video that's out there. And uh, over the years, that just kind of way it happened, and now it's been, it's been 52 years since he and I met, but our relationship is is close and will, always will be. Arnie, I didn't really get to know until I was with the LPGA commissioner, and uh, Arnie would come out and play in the, what we used to call the mixed team events where men and women playing together. And uh, so I, I got to know him, and, and, and then uh, I... I got to meet him with Jack at a tournament just down the road from here at PGA West and uh, went over to say hello to the guys. And Arnie said, uh, hey, I've been meaning to call you. Uh, let's, will you have a beer with me after, his, after my round? And I said, of course I will. <laughs> so uh, we met for a beer at the PGA West uh, clubhouse. And typical Arnie, he orders us each a beer, and then he says, I want you to come in and help me run my companies. And I almost fell off the chair, uh, but I said, well, I'm overwhelmed. Unfortunately, I can't spend 100% of my time because I'd, I'd already made several commitments in Cincinnati knowing I was going to be retiring from the LPGA. And he said, well, let's think about it and figure something out. So a couple of months later, he called me and said, uh, uh, come up to Bay Hill, bring your wife, like to have dinner. I've got an idea. So we did that. And uh, the next morning, he said, uh, how about you just become my, my consultant and my advisor, and that way you can have other time to spend on the other things you've got to do. And I said, that sounds perfect for me. And he said, only two conditions. One, I want you and your wife to move here to Bay Hill. And two, I want you to share my office with me. And I did that for uh, <laughs> 10 years, guys. <laughs> no kidding. Uh, high, high point of my life. <laughs> Move I, here and I, be uh, my neighbor. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Uh, what, 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 what an opportunity. You know, um, Jack and Arnie, they, they, especially early in their career, they were, they were such fierce competitors. Yeah. Uh, how, how, did, how did they become close? Well, I, I think I'll, I'll tell you an interesting story that uh, is in, actually in my book. Uh, one night, my wife and I and, and Arnie and, and Kit, his wife, uh, were having dinner at Palmer's Restaurant here in La Quinta. And, uh, of course, we had a couple of kettle ones and talk was free and um, began talking about growing older. And, and then we started talking about maturity. And I said, Arnold, uh, my feeling is that you really haven't matured until you meet somebody that does better what you do best. <laughs> and then I thought, why did I say that? But before I could even apologize for bringing it up, he said, yeah, that was Jack. So <laughs> it was built on, I think, respect for the, the, uh, the game uh, love of the game, and uh, even though they were different in many ways, they were very similar in a lot of ways. In terms of, they both grew up in small towns in uh, in Ohio. 
both cared deeply and, and respected deeply the, the game of golf. And so uh, I think that, that although they were fierce competitors, I don't think it was very long until they became friends as well. Uh, you know, and, you know, kind of along that line, that I, it, at least from an outsider, it always seemed like, like Arnie played golf because he loved the game and he loved all aspects of the, of the game. And Jack played the game because he, he was good at it and it was his job and he was in, incredibly competitive. Uh, can, can I have said that very thing the, more than once, that Arnie played it out of the sheer love of the game. I think Jack played principally for the competitive charge that it gave him. He wanted to win tournaments. And, uh, and then also, in the very early days, as you guys may know, I'm sure you have some friends who know, that those early days when Jack was challenging Arnie, there were some ugly times. The gallery, of course, was 90% Arnie's army, and they did some, oh, you know, fat Jack and miss yeah. the shot Jack, stuff like that. But the credit went to uh, Arnie for never, ever encouraging that or being in any way a part of it. And in Jack's case, his level of concentration, I'm, I'm not even sure he ever heard it. <laughs> uh, but uh, I think they both really respected the way the other guy had handled that very awkward time. And that probably, if you really go into it, may have been the base of the friendship. Uh, that's neat. You know, how about, I? they were both incredibly successful businessmen, golfers, as well as, hus as, as, well as husbands and fathers. Yeah. And, you know, kind of as, a, as a business owner myself, an entrepreneur, that, that, the, the part about the business and husbands and fathers is, is what's incredibly impressive to me. And how, how did they both, they probably did it uniquely, but how did they both compartmentalize all those different things and manage to be so successful at each area? I honestly think that, that one of their greatest strengths was the ability to compartmentalize. Um, Jack probably did that easier than Arnie because Jack had that in fire, ferocious concentration. And uh, he could walk right by you, look you right in the eye, and not even see you. Uh, in Arnie's case, I think uh, he, he just he loved people, and people loved him. So I think that uh, they were each, in a different way, they could, they could put their golf game uh, to one side and really love being a wife, a husband, and a father. I always thought maybe that part of the thing that Jack loved about Arnie was he was uh, he was such a swashbuckling guy, you know, and took the right. the nation by storm. And and right. uh, Jack was uh, so centralized to his own personality. I guess he probably he probably wished he got more like that, but he probably wished he could have been more like that when he was a young a young golfer. Probably we never talked about that, but I know that they each I don't want to say envied one another because that would be too strong, but they both really had great respect for each other for one another and understood people are different and uh, Arnold needed I said to him one night we were having a beer uh, in the Bay Hill Club uh, lounge and I said he said, you know Charlie I, I can't really be alone I gotta have, I gotta have people with me. And I said, well, Arnie, that makes all kind of sense because 
people are your oxygen, and you are their oxygen. And he said, I never thought about it that way, but that's exactly right. Jack, uh, obviously, particularly as the years went by, loved the, the crowds and the friendship, but he, could, he got by without it for a long time. Charlie, let's uh, let's talk a little bit about the book. And as I was looking at it, uh, there's some great titles of chapters, and wonder if you'd, you'd tell us about some of those. Uh, the, the the first one was uh, that I is Jack's stunning advice to me. When uh, I would go down to see uh, when I was with Arnie sharing his office, I would go down to see Jack every uh, oh four or five weeks, and we'd always visit, keep the friendship strong and alive and so uh, before that when I was asked to become the commissioner uh, I was excited and ready to accept and I thought you know I I need to talk to somebody uh, about about that uh, to be sure that I know what I'm doing somebody that really knows the golf business so I went to see Jack and I said Jack I've been uh, given the opportunity to become the LPGA commissioner, um, you know, what should I do? He said, you better take it because I recommended you. (laughs) 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 And that was stunning advice, but that's exactly what happened. He knew knew, uh, the head of the LPGA Players Association was a gal named Judy Dickinson. She was Gardner Dickinson's wife. And they knew one another from South Florida. And uh, she was the one that brought my name to, to Jack, and that's when he recommended me. But I didn't know that till later. And what, what, what was your involvement in the ladies' game prior to that, Charlie? The course that Jack built in Cincinnati for my company hosted the LPGA Championship for 10 years. And that, of course, was a major championship. So I got to know, not intimately really, because you don't spend that much time with the gals, but I got to know a lot of the players fairly well. So I was not a, uh, I, I was not a, a, a stranger to the LPGA Tour, and many of them knew me. You know, a, along that line, one, one of the chapters is Jack and Arnie and women's golf. I, I'm a big proponent yeah. of the women's game, and I, I've got a daughter who plays, and... and uh, love what what's happening in the women's golf today they uh, they both were very helpful to me um, in uh, when I was commissioner and uh, they both respected the women's game and, and knew a lot about it um, of course uh, Arnie and uh, Nancy Lopez I've always said Nancy was the Arnold Palmer of women's golf. They were very close. And Jack uh, knew a lot of, 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 of uh, lady players from over the years. So they, they helped me out a lot. They got several tournaments for the LPGA, uh, and uh, they both cared a lot about the women's game. That's part of our conversation with Charlie Meacham from earlier this year former LPGA commissioner, great friend of both Jack Nicklaus and Arnold Palmer, and author of the new book, Jack and Arnie. Hope you enjoyed that. We're back after this on Lakes, Woods, and Irons. Welcome back to Lakes, Woods, and Irons with Chris Foley, Colin McDonald with you, 1380 KLIZ, and also KLIZ.com. 
And uh, find us at podcasts as well, wherever you search your podcast, put in Lakes, Woods, and Irons, and there will be. Brought away in part by uh, Holiday Stores of Cross Lake and Mill Avenue. Emily Greens, home to the largest screen in the universe. It's all about fun at Emily Greens. Also, Craigan's Legacy Courses, home to the 2022 CRMC Classic and the new Tom Lehman 18. Boy, things are, uh, speaking of that golf course, Chris, uh, things are uh, just, it seems like every time you go out there, and it is every time you go out there, something looks a little different, and the changes are extraordinary. Oh, the changes are fantastic. And uh, Tom Lehman was here this week, and I get to spend a little bit of time with him. And it, it's it's really exciting what uh how the golf course is coming along and we get the, the CRMC championship in a couple weeks and the golf course is going to be you know, in fantastic condition for that. And just all the, you know, every time you look out there, there's something new, something different. And the golf course is just transforming itself. Yeah, I know they, uh, and just as a, as a sidebar, they'd still like to have some, uh, uh, a few more caddies for the event, and uh, I've been talking about it on the Powerloon Sports as well. But what a cool opportunity for a young golfer, maybe a maybe a high schooler, maybe a college player, or just a you know a young person who loves golf. You're going to get right up close and personal with a player from the Canadian Tour, uh, PGA Tour Canada, I should say. And uh, uh, Tony Finau, he's won I think twice in the last month on the PGA Tour, and that's where he started. Yeah, I guess yeah. yeah. Tony Finau's won two of the last three, three weeks on the PGA Tour, and uh, seven years ago he was he was playing on the on the Canadian Tour, and uh, you know it's um, it's one of the best stepping stones to get on the PGA Tour as we've talked about because you it gives you a, kind of a leg up in that in that qualifying process, which is you know starting here in another six eight weeks uh, players qualifying for next year's tour so um, people are going to be really impressed with the level of play that they're going to see out here in a couple of weeks especially when you're right on the bag there if you're caddying chris i mean a lot of your teaching we've talked about it many times on the show about about uh, the mental aspect of the game and how to get through with certain certain parts of the round or certain uh, shots coming up you'll be able to see firsthand if you're a caddy how how a uh, professional handles uh uh, when he gets into trouble or when he's going real good and, and really just kind of analyze the game if you pay it close attention. Yeah, I think you, you, you'll be able to, depending on who you're caddying for, you'll be able to get to see the, both the good and the bad of uh, yeah uh, of that uh, mental side and course management side. And no matter what the level, there, there are times when uh, players' mental game and course management are at uh, at peak and then there are times when uh, when not so much so, and I think you know some of the players that you'll see on the PGA Tour Canada they're they're at that level because that's maybe part of the game that's lacking for them. Right. Yeah. If you uh, have a caddy, uh, or if you are a caddy that would, or a youngster that would like to caddy, I shouldn't say youngster, I guess, young man or young girl, and uh, contact Tim Johnson at uh, Craigans. Tim's kind of putting uh, that part of it together, so. Uh, yeah, contact Tim Johnson at uh, at Craigans and maybe perhaps uh, get a chance to caddy. That would be great. Chris, I was on uh, vacation. We talked about a little bit earlier in the show and I uh, got to play a couple of places. And usually uh, when I play, if it's with an old friend or we played with a couple of guys that I hadn't met before that were just great, like golf puts you together with guys. And 
it's always some common ground. But one of the guys said uh, partway through the round, I love it that you still putt with the Akushnet putter, Mac, which is uh, the bullseye that I think sure. I, I think I purchased at Washington State University at the golf course in 1976. Yeah, I haven't changed putters, but uh, <laughs> it seems to uh, get me around the hole anyway. You know, I think, Chris, we've talked about it before, but the thing I've really noticed is the different drills we talk about. One that's worked for me is that kind of that 30-foot drill. I know we've talked about it before, but it's never bad to review. I use that 30-foot putt lag uh, before I go out often now, and that uh, seems to have helped my consistency. Yeah, a great way to just calibrate your stroke and calibrate the speed of the greens and get a feel for distances. Uh, before you go out and play, put uh, two tees at 30 feet apart, which for most of us is kind of 10 paces. So you get you know, 10 yards or 30 feet and then, then take several balls and just hit putts back and forth to those and uh, get a feel for what, what 30 feet is. And then, uh, then when you're out on the golf course, one, you know how far 30 feet is, and, and you, can, you should have a pretty good feel of, uh, uh, of how hard you should be hitting your putts. Yeah, that one certainly, certainly works for me. And then uh, uh, the shorter putts, is, is your favorite drill that you think works so well for a lot of us, Chris? You know, I, I like uh, you know, hitting, hitting three to five foot putts, kind of five feet for for the average player, the mid-handicapped average player is, is kind of that 50% mark where, where we should be making at least 50% of our putts. So if, if you find a, a reasonably straight five-footer and, and get a feel for what straight is and making, making sure you're getting the ball started on the line, and then kind of work your way in uh, uh, around the hole if you have four balls, north, south, east, and west, and hit putts from each of those spots, and then maybe kind of the the opposite corner. So you, you, can you form a star? And um, so that, then you, then you're working on breaking putts at, at five feet as well. And if you're if you're comfortable making those and can make you know 70, 80 percent of those putts, and, and your leg putting is good, you're gonna you're gonna have awfully good putting around. One thing I was going to ask you, Chris, playing on the home course, as we talked about briefly, you can kind of get to analyze it, at least I can, maybe overanalyzing what's going wrong with my game in particular because that's the only one you really know is your own game. But uh, you get on, the, get on the home course, and one thing that kind of comes back to if you played it a lot, uh, whatever your home course might be, is you kind of can play with feel, which maybe gets left out sometimes when you're on new courses or – but that feel factor of it where you think, you know, I've hit this shot 100 times. It's 60 yards, and I, kn I know what to do. I'm just going to bump and run or, you know what I'm trying to say, kind of. Right. You know, you, you, on a golf course you're familiar with, you know, you, you almost go on instinct. You, know, you should have a good feel for how the greens break. You know how, you know, if you put, hit it in this part of the fairway, that's where the ball is going to roll to and, and things like that. So you don't have – you know, you walk into shots much more comfortable. Yeah. yeah. And w when when you're on a golf course you're not familiar with, you know, you tend to have more doubt and anxiety over shots. You know, if if you haven't played the golf course at all, you don't know what the green does, and you don't know where exactly where maybe where the hole flows. So it creates that that element, um, you know, heightened anxiety on every shot. So you know that that's why 
it's always easier to play uh, play at home than it is to take your game on the road. And uh, for the same reason, it's it's easier to play in casual rounds or practice rounds than it is in tournament rounds um, because there, there's not as much on the line. And, you know, it's just uh, our mentality is different. If you could just kind of hang on to that, the confidence of the uh, field shot that you know about when you take it out to a new course that kind of combine the two, which that's what the great players do. They don't... Uh, uh, they don't sweat as the old as the old saying goes. <laughs> the really the really great players, you know. I mean, keep that uh, kind of confidence level that they have wherever they play. So, uh, not easy for some of us, but you can try. <laughs> right. You know, it, it kind of goes. We we had Derek Ingram on the show a couple weeks ago. Yeah, um, that was a great you know, It it's all about uh, you know if if you can develop that that pre shot routine that puts you in the right mindset two hit quality golf shots it's it's you're, you're going to play much better and uh whether you're playing a golf course you're familiar with or one that you're unfamiliar with if you uh if you have that routine that sets you up to hit quality golf shots it's it's you're gonna uh in general play much better good advice my friend chris thank you very much thank you mac that's Chris Foley. I'm Colin McDonald. You've been listening to Lakes, Woods, and Irons on 1380 KLIZ.